When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The second match point of the world number two. And she sends that to the back end and goes into the net. And Arena Sabalenka has found a way as the champions do. Challenged tonight by Coco Goff. A rematch of their US Open final of 2023. And this time it goes the way of Arena Sabalenka. And her winning record in Melbourne extends to 13 straight. Zheng serves down the tee. And it's unreturnable from Yastramska. Both hands in the air from Zheng Chinwen. The 21-year-old from China has made her first ever slam final. Winning in an hour and 42 minutes on Rod Laver Arena. 6-4, 6-4. Shakes hands with Yastremska at the net and turns to all four sides of Rod Laver Arena, saluting the crowd. And she will be back here on Saturday nights to meet the reigning defending champion, Arena Sabalenka. Hazelwood again bowls to Brathwaite, edging it out. The first wicket, and it is the captain. Caught behind. Again, around the wicket, bowling to McKenzie, who hits it very high and hits it very far. That is six. Cummins is bowling to him. He's edging and he's caught it first slip. A ripper of a catch from Kawaja. McKenzie slashed it. It's a ball outside the off stump. Snark is over the wicket, bowls. Chandapal edges and it's swallowed up by Smith at second slip. And Chandapal's stay is cut short at 21. Stark again, past the umpire, bowls, edging, and it has been caught by Kawaja. Low down, sharp chance, and the West Indies lose wicket number five in the last over before the break. Stark's bowling left arm over, delivers to Hodge, who goes after the short one, and he got it away for six. It was safe in flight. And it goes the distance. The counter-attack is Hodge on. has the strike. Lion bowls to him. He's back and cutting for four. Stark in. Bowls to Hodge. Who's edging in his corner. Second slip. Stark with his fourth. And the long innings of Hodge is over in sight of the sanctuary of Stump. 121 runs in this session. Alzari Joseph edges in his court. Hazelwood puts a stop to the rot right at the end of play. Eight for 266, and that's where we'll call it. Kia good morning and welcome into the show. It is SENZ Breakfast with Izzy and Ricardo. Six past six. Happy Friday, Israel. 
Yeah, happy Friday, Rick Dog. Yep, we're here. First week down, and uh, it's been a big old week, and there's plenty going on for sure. I'm back at home, which is good, back in my own surroundings, but it was actually quite good to go in this, into the um, studio at Ellington there, catch up with a couple of the sales team, see Louis Herman Watt every morning, so he gets me distracted from about seven onwards. <laughs> is that why good. you keep disappearing? <laughs> yeah, keep disappearing, go chat to, chat to Louis. But no, he was great. It was great. It was great to catch up with Opie yesterday. So he gave me some good, some good gravy to to chat with Opie uh, on as well. But it's a big weekend of racing. I'm coming up to Auckland later on today. But yeah, I was a bloody bit crook last night. Actually, I was jumped. I had to jump in bed about five. I was bloody. Oh, it's not good, mate. Tum- tummy was rumbling. Tummy was what did, rumbling. What did you eat? Dodgy hot dog at the Foo Fighters. Nah, nah. I didn't have any hot dogs or chips at the Foo Fighters. I don't know. Nah, I don't know. I was just um, chatting to the wife, just probably, you know, gone from doing absolutely zero to, to full week and just overcooked myself. But I'm feeling a little bit better this morning and um, ready to rip into a big show because uh, I better get through it. And then we're coming up to Auckland and catching up with you this afternoon. So that'll be good to see you, brother. Yeah, man. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to, to seeing you and uh, and having a bit of a catch-up, mate, ahead uh, of the, the, what is going to be an absolutely massive weekend. I tell you, mate, uh, there, uh, there's some strange stories going on. We're going to get to a couple of them in, in, in the triple, oh triple threat. Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I've got to say, I feel sorry now. We, we've had Baz on before, obviously, as the mm. coach, uh, coach of England. Um, mm. And he made some big calls, you know, when he selected his test team for this uh, India series. And yep. uh, that that got covered quite a lot about, you know, some of the some of the calls he made. Uh, so he's gone into the first test with just one recognised fast bowler in Mark Wood. Um, and then he's got three spinners, Jack Leach, and then two guys, uh, one of whom's making his debut, one who has one test, and they're polling to the Indians in India in the first test. So it's... A, you got to say, uh, pretty daunting. You can feel for Tom Hartley, right? Debut mm. for England, 63 off nine overs. His first ball, mm. uh, Yashiv Jaswal put him back over his head for six. He went for two sixes in his first over. It's like, how do you pull back from that? Yeah, it's a tough one. But I love Baz's approach, you know. like that, That's Baz. He sees something. He, he doesn't. You know, he wants to allow players to have a crack, but it's probably the toughest place in the world to go and make your debut. So, look, they're under pressure. Bowled out for 260-odd in India, uh, coasting. Uh, 100-and-something for not uh, for one after day one. So they're under pressure, but, hey, England, that's how they play. They play with aggressive nature, and um, they'll find a way to get back in this. But, yeah, look, it's India. Ideals for spinners. Um, Jack Leach will need to have a big one. He's been out of that squad for a wee while. They missed him in the Ashes series. Cost him a hell of a lot. So you feel like he will be taking a, a bit of the lead, but they're under the pressure. And, well, I guess everyone in world cricket has been waiting for this moment. This is the biggest test in terms of that team. Yep. Yes, they've been coasting relatively well. People have been excited, this is Baz Ball, this is Brendan McCullum's team, it's unorthodox approach from him, and we know that personally, how he does things, and mm. we love it, it's something different, it's aggressive, and you want to see that, but uh, they're under so much pressure, so yeah, look, it's a long way to go in this series, um, Ben Stokes, after his surgery come back, he gets the highest score of 70, so what does that mean, Dagger's donation's gone, sorry about that, we got uh, pipped 
from the get-go. Uh, Womble, it's your fault, mate. You picked Joe Root, so you, you cost us that one. But that's okay. Uh, but, yeah, be interesting to see how this all plays out there, Rick Dog. It will be. Actually, just on that, you know, yesterday, one of the options that came through was a $31 mm. shot on uh, Luka Doncic and Giannis, both to have triple-doubles. Did they get it? No, it was very, very close. They were two assists and one rebound off it happening. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd, prob- I'd rather get bundled out with Joe Root getting not even close to the high school than coming close to a $31 shot. Anyway, that's that's the way it's meant to be, and uh, we'll have to go again next week. Now, mate, I know you are absolutely fizzing for this. I, we, we've got uh, David Mustard coming up on the show after seven to talk tennis. Will O'Donnell after eight talk cricket for out of the out of the uh, Auckland Aces. But at eight forty, uh, you've mm. lined up a superstar. Yeah, yeah, we've got uh, J Mac. James McDonald, he's coming over to race at Caracamillion. Million. So, J-Mac's going to join us on the phone. He's flying out of Australia today, and he'll be doing his weight loss and whatever he needs to do to get prepared to, to race on um, on Saturday. So, yeah, gave J-Mac a message yesterday, come back straight away, and said, yep, sweet as he'll jump on. So, 8.40ish, we'll have a chat to J-Mac. If you've got uh, a couple of... Couple of bucks on J Max horses, send through some messages for us to give him some inspiration, some motivation, or maybe just a little bit of advice because let's be honest, we've all got a bit of advice when they're riding our, our horses that we want them to win. So <laughs> yeah, send them through J Max coming on. Yeah, double eight double three is the temper bed post text machine. Get those messages through for us. But let's crack into this. Round one. Fight. Now the three big questions of the day, uh, well, there might be more than three, who knows, uh, but Proteas uh, have landed in New Zealand, and the Test mm. Series against the Black Caps starts February 4. Proteas coach has said his side aren't the underdogs for this Test Series, despite the fact they've got eight debutants and their most experienced player has 15 caps. How are they not the underdogs? Well, how are they not? Because New Zealand hadn't won a series since 1932 in <laughs> South Africa. <laughs> so, you know, history has a, has a funny th- way of doing things. Look, honestly, all the conversations have been about this Proteus side, but they're still representing their country. You can't Look, they're not in the first side because of a reason. Well, they've got their own domestic competition going on in South Africa, which allows their top-line players having to be a part of that uh, series. We can understand that. But these players aren't no mugs. They will come here and imagine this case. Imagine this situation. We are playing a South African team, which we will be probably near full strength, allowing a situation with Tom Blundell. Where's he going to be at um, in a couple of weeks' time? But we're going to be relatively full strength side. Imagine this situation when we lose this series, draw this series. You know, like, what are we going to be saying now? Is this the most? Is this the worst black cap side of all time, going down against the Proteas? Well, yeah, it's an interesting one because I mean, the, you would have been in situations like this in your career, as mm. where you're expected mm. to win, right? Yep. The black caps are expected to win this because South Africa have got their own domestic T20 series going on, mm. and the um, the governing body has told those players we want you to play in the T20 comp rather than go and play yep. this test. Yeah, uh, so. You've been in that situation where you're the massive favourite. You're expected to win. You're expected to win comfortably. How did you deal with that? And how do you stop being complacent if everyone's telling you you're going to win? Look, I think it's it's not hard, really, because you're playing the best 
competition or you're playing for your country up against another country, you know, they wouldn't pick just anyone to represent the Proteas with such a historical uh, nation that has been one of the best performing uh, teams into, and un- unearthing some absolute stars of the game. So I just, if you're not getting nervous and you're not preparing right, you shouldn't be there. You shouldn't be there. So I always had it in the back of my mind, doesn't matter who we're playing, if we're playing Namibia, if we're playing South Africa, I prepared the exact same. Because the day that you cut that corner or you don't clean the corner of those windows is the day you will get caught out. So uh, New Zealand and Gary Stead won't be reading anything into the media. They won't be listening to the outside noise. There'll be plenty of it going on from the likes of ourselves, um, but you just got to stay away from it. Do not get distracted on the task at hand. And, you know, because South Africa's a side. Cricket's all about momentum. Sport's about momentum. South Africa are going to have a bit of momentum. They're going to put a little bit of pressure on the black caps. And if they are able to do so, they'll grow. Their tails will start to to wag. So, um, yeah, I think you've just got to have the exact same preparation, if not more, um, than you would have done um, previously to, to stop uh, those situations happening. Round two. Out of contract Wallaby Jordan Pattaya has been linked mm. to a Queensland NRL team. They haven't said which one, uh, but it's interesting. The fact, A, that he's 23 and out of contract with Australian rugby. Um, how do you reckon he'd go in NRL? And are you surprised uh, he's not under contract to, to the Aussies? I am surprised that Australia haven't contracted him further um, to an extent, but... I think he'd go fantastic. I think league's his game. Mm. If I'm completely honest, I think he'd be far better suited at playing league. If you watch his game, he is tough. Very, very tough. Defensively, can smash players, can make tackles, um, can get off the line and, and put a shot on. And then with ball in hand, mate, he runs so hard. He's a leaguey. For me personally, he is an out-and-out leaguey, so um, I wouldn't be surprised at the end of the season if we see him playing in the NRL or having a genuine crack at it anyway. He's only 23 years of age. Am I surprised that Australia haven't signed him onwards? No, I'm not surprised because they're a bit of a debacle in itself. Um, But uh, Jordan Pattaya, mate, I think he'd go absolutely great guns. Put him in the centres. Check him out at the centres. He's a very good ball runner. He runs real good inside shoulder lines. He's got a great offload. His only downside is probably his pass, whether he has an ability to pass and, and off both hands under pressure. That's probably his uh, his weakness. But, mate, I, I'm not surprised that uh, NRL are circling for this guy, and I'm pretty sure they're going to be circling more because that next article you put in is interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, talk about welcome to Australian rugby, Joe Schmidt. <laughs> hasn't even got his feet under the desk yet, and uh, this story uh, has popped up. Now, it's been whispers about the Melbourne Rebels being in a bit of trouble, but now, because um, they denied it, but now I don't think you can deny any of this because the futures of their stars, Tani Alatupo and Andrew Calloway, are up in the air amid reports uh, that they have entered voluntary administration and need a bailout of about half a million dollars to pay players and staff. It's less than a month out from their season opening clash against the Brumbies. The Rebels have appointed external financial advisors to address the club's $9 million in debt. And it comes in reports, too, that the chairman, Paul Doherty, is about to step down. His own personal business owes about $70 million and it's flagging. So maybe the wrong bloke in charge, is he? Yeah, swallow your pride. 
Rugby Australia just swallow your pride here. Wave the white flag. So you gave it a crack. You try to enter a market that is dominated by NRL and, a- and AFL and just say it wasn't meant to be and make this decision an easy one in the end. People were crying out for teams to be shrunk to four. So this is an opportunity now to make that easy decision. Get out of get out of Melbourne. Get out of Victoria. Start focusing on on your your provinces or your states that are at, that are rugby orientated, where you're going to have a better chance of cracking it, and make that decision. Get Taniala Tupo, uh, Tupo and uh, Andrew Callaway. Get some quality players out of there. Start strengthening up your other sides, and, and start making this competition competitive. It's an easy decision for me. It didn't work. It was never going to work in, in, in Victoria. Like, it is dominated by the sport. I don't even know if rugby's... It's probably behind um, Lawn Bowls over there in Victoria. <laughs> no disrespect to Lawn Bowls, but that's the reality. So it's an easy decision here, and I'm not surprised. That is a hell of a lot of money. They've got to come up with 500000 to pay staff and players, and no one has signed beyond 2024. So this might be the, the last hurrah for the Melbourne Rebels. Wave the white flag, and let's start focusing on the other states. I'll tell you what, NRL clubs will be circling in Melbourne at the moment. Would they? Well, there'd be a few. I mean, Callaway, you'd take Callaway, wouldn't you? Yeah, to yeah. an extent. Yeah, to a... <laughs> I don't think they'll be circling too much for that team there at <laughs> Tony Alatupo? No, I don't know if he'd go right, go right Lee. I'm not sure. All right. <laughs> Chapel head up. A simple question for you. Oh, no. Is the world round or flat? <laughs> it's round, that sphere. Yeah, it's just, it's just fair. Mate, Elon Musk will tell you. Yeah. He's up there every day, mate. He's up there every day. <laughs> he knows. He knows. He, he knows, you, mate. Tell you who doesn't know. And while know. he's up there filming that film that he wants to film <laughs> lately, he can tell us. He can take a video of it and show you that it is fair. It ain't, it ain't flat. No. It ain't flat. Birdo, you're better than that. Mate, the, so the story is <laughs> that Josh Mansour and Josh Adokar have got a, 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 a show called uh, Let's Trot. Uh, it's like a, mm. what do you call it, a podcast. Uh, they had Matt Burton on from the Dogs. Mm. Uh, kangaroos is obviously as well. And they have this thing where the last guest they have leaves a question for the next guest to answer, right? Mm. Now, that question from Chris Fade, who's some radio presenter over there, uh, was, do you believe that the world is flat? And um, he said... Yeah, I believe it is. <laughs> and they were like, no, you don't. He goes, no, I do. And they're like, you believe the world's flat? He's like, yeah, yeah, well, it's kind of round, but it's obviously flat because you know what? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Burton, what are you on? <laughs> oh, but I do not want to go down this rabbit hole. But for me personally, it is fear, okay? It is fear. When you go out of there in the, in the, in the sky and you look at, oh, you know, up there in space. Is, a, is is the moon flat? No. <laughs> no. No, I'll tell you what, I, I, I mean, I know it's barbecue season, but you don't have to go as a pork chop to everything. <laughs> I mean, jeez. What has it's, it done? I don't know. Look, he's got a good... He's got, like... like when you look out at the ocean, it's flat. When you look along the, the landscape, it's flat. I can understand why he's... um. He's a bit disorientated. He's, he's, he's never flown anywhere, obviously, because you get in a plane and you look mm. out the window, you can see the curvature of the earth. 